We are back, and I'm going to ask you the same thing I ask you every year at this time. How was your Nettelnacht? <laughs> My Nettelnacht? You know you know that I'm machmir. It's one of the few things that I am very strict about is uh, not learning on Nittel. So you didn't, learn on, you didn't learn on Nittelnacht? <laughs> I might have cheated a little bit. <laughs> no, you know? I don't think you did. <laughs> <laughs> I might have peeked at a Tysus. That was, that was such a liar. That was on my head. <laughs> but but it's a it's a real thing. Like you you're making fun, but people are really strict about it. A lot of people have the custom to play chess on Nittelnacht. Yes. You know why? You know I why do they do no. that? No, why chess? I think I saw it somewhere that it's a message that we're all pawns in the hands of Hashem. Oh, that's something nice. like that. Like something like that with the king and the queen and like that's the message. That is very nice. I like that. I don't know if it's true, but it's nice. No, I'm telling you, I've seen this. Well, did you know actually now that we're on the subject of Nittelnacht, did you know that the I forgot what it is, but there's a uh, like a union of Santa Clauses, or like for the for the whole country, and the head of this it's some organization or whatever, and the head of it, the guy who teaches all the Santas how to be a good Santa, is a from Jew. No. Yes. I mean, I've seen the pictures of. Uh, Chabad putting tefillin on these Santas like every yes. single year there's more and more pictures of Santas saying Shema Yisrael and it just it's surprising to me that the head of the Santa Association is himself a from Jew yes his name is Rick Rosenthal in fact I'm going to actually include a link to the story that's something we don't usually do but we'll include this week a link to the story about Rick Rosenthal, and uh, yeah, he's like a via vice uh, Santa Clauses. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know what I say: a gig is a gig. <laughs> if it's paying, that's it. <laughs> exactly. I'll. I would. I would do it. I would be Santa as long as it pays. And speaking of Jewish Santas, uh, did you see the clip uh, of Rabbi Moshe Weinberger? Yes. Saying Great that story. That was his, his story about his Santa. Uh, I think that's great. I think you should play the video. Yeah, okay, great. Here it is. One of my best, that's one of my best Christmas stories. You know that story. I told you I have a great Christmas. Listen, you're on the DIY now. The fucking now we have coming up tonight. Is the, remember, it's Nithal tonight. So the learning. It's a serious thing. So, so I had a mice like that. It's a great story. I used to go to my mother Bloomingdale's. There used to be a Bloomingdale's in, in Jamaica Estates in Queens. I lived in Queens. So that was like my second home. My mother was Bloomingdale's and my sister. And they used to slept around. So they had, they, had their, they had a toy section and other things. So I went, uh, my mother and my sister were off there with the clothing. And I, and I went, and it was Kratznach time. And it was, all, and it was a big Santa sitting in the chair. And he was giving kids, like, good stuff. Like they were getting little cars and things. He was giving kids stuff. And I had this, like, religious <laughs> dilemma what to do. Uh, you know, I was wearing a Yankee cap. You see the uh, had a yarmulke, so I already made a cheshbon. That uh, you know, okay, I'm not. I'm wearing a baseball hat, so and then I had. I'm watching. I'm standing over there, like my tongue is falling out, <laughs> watching Santa. And so, and those years, they, they had to sit on his lap. You know, it was a strange Indian over there. <laughs> so, so I, 
So I, I just couldn't overcome this type of for, for the car. So I went over there, and I, uh, <clears throat> and I, uh, and he says, have, like, have a seat on Santa's lap, and uh, what, what, what would you like for Christmas? So I told him, I, I don't believe in Christmas. I'm Jewish. I just want a car. <laughs> <laughs> so he leans over to me and says, you think I'm a guy? <laughs> <laughs> and then listen what happened. The end of the story is compiled again. All the guy was standing around. And he, he takes a bag and he gives me all the cars. Like, he gave me like 15, 20 cars. And he says, I, I told him, I go to Yeshiva, this is All the guys were standing around. And what happened with this kid? I walked away from there and I went to my mother. My mother said, You, you went to the. To... I said, Ma, the scent is a yid. <laughs> she was upset with me, guys. We did. <laughs> All right, that's just for the, for the, for the audience. <laughs> so, he caught me completely off guard when he said, when the, the Santa said, you think I'm a guy? <laughs> Classic. You know what? Who knows? Maybe that was Rick Rosenthal. You know what? It could have been. It could a have Bloomingdale's been. in Bloomingdale's. Yes. Yes, you it know. could be. He probably saves the best gigs for himself. Did you do you remember when um, Supreme Court Justice Elena Kagan was being interviewed? I sure to, do. To be uh, a Supreme Court justice, and do you remember when Senator Lindsey Graham was asking where she was going to be on uh, on Xmas? Yes, we actually put that clip uh, on our Instagram. Right, boy, uh, behind. Yes. <laughs> so, but I, so you know it's what I there. didn't get? I didn't get. Uh, well, you know what? Let's play the clip first, and then we'll digress for a second. Here, here's the clip. I suppose I should ask exactly what you mean by that. I'm assuming that the question you mean is uh, whether a person who was apprehended in the United States is... No, I just ask you where you're at on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like all Jews, I was probably at a Chinese restaurant. Uh, great answer. You know, I could almost, I could almost see that one coming, and I thought, yeah. I just. Me too. So you were celebrating. Senator, Senator Schumer explained this to me earlier. Yeah, he did. If so I might, with, no other restaurants are open. Right. You were with your family on on Christmas Day. So, but what, but what was the point of the question? You know, that's what I didn't, I didn't understand. Like, what, what did he want her to say? What I don't he... know what the context is fully, but I can tell you this. How quick on your feet do you need to be to be able to give this answer in front of the Senate? Like, yes. you're, it's a hearing, right? She may not be the Supreme Court justice, right? Well, I mean, she was going to be. It was a, it was in Democrat control at the time, but still, yes. You have I to understand. be quick-witted to be able to do that. Exactly. 100%. That's why she gets to be a Supreme Court Justice, because yeah. she's just thinking on her feet always. Agreed, agreed. Well done, well done by Kagan. I think it's just funny, like as, as Jews in America, you know, where, where when the, the holiday season comes, it's a, it's a big deal, right? And it's, it's like almost everywhere you turn. And so I guess I kind of understand, you know, or maybe just knowing that Elena Kagan was Jewish, they wanted to know just what her feelings were. Like, like, like maybe the whole intent was to put her on the spot. You know, it's the same way that 
the same way any Jew who finds himself in a situation where there's a Santa, you know, especially kids that are in malls and they find themselves with Santas, you know, what is the reaction of a, a regular Jew at that moment? That Maybe that's all he was asking. Like, you know, what is your reaction when you see Santa? What is your reaction when you see a tree? What is your reaction? You know, and it, it also brings to mind, there's nothing more enjoyable than seeing those pictures of the Santas with the tefillin on them, right? Oh, I love those. That's Chabad, by the way. All the way Chabad. Best. Best. I've never seen it live. I've never seen it happen live, but uh, those pictures are just, they're, they're so great. We should definitely schedule uh, a tefillin, a Santa tefillin, uh, <laughs> just for you. Like, I feel like that would be your holiday gift. I would but, love that. <laughs> but speaking of Chabad, did you see that they found a tunnel? Underneath 770? I, you know, I, I not only did I see it, but I thought I, I had to reread it because, like, are we talking about Hamas here? Are we talking about a bunch of Chabadniks? So I got to tell you, I first saw the story on crownheights.info, which is like a big Chabad news website. Sure, and, sure. And, and all the comments were like, stop with the fake news. This is not possible. Uh, you have no facts. There's no pictures. Like, at least come to us with, like, if you're posting an article, at least have something behind it. So I thought, like, okay, it's probably, whatever, misinformation. But then the pictures started to surface and the videos yep. came out. And what happened was, apparently, in 2020, during the lockdown, uh, there was Bahram that were upset that they couldn't get into 770. Right. So, so they tunneled from the mikvah underneath 770 up into the ladies' section. Right. And they're saying now that the ladies' section may be unstable because yeah, of it. The, I mean, that's the, the risk that you run when, you, when you're digging tunnels. <laughs> with absolutely no engineering know-how. But I think this is what happens when you spend too much time in lockdown. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. You start to think of ways. Like, I, I, if you had to build a tunnel somewhere, would you even know where to begin? Zero. Right? Like, absolutely okay, I not. Can, the best I can do is dig a hole. That's as far <laughs> yes. as, I, as I can go. <laughs> And these guys, I mean, they had to be watching, like, Hamas YouTube videos. Like, <laughs> whoa, I don't know how do you, how do you even, right, like, do I don't you know where to start? begin. Where do you start? <laughs> where are you putting the dirt? Where, like, there's so much, there's so much that goes into it. The logistics alone, I don't understand where this idea, how it, how it actually worked. Because it did work. Yes. They got it, in. It's pretty amazing. You got to give them What's, credit. But what's crazy is we're in 2023 and the tunnel is now being discovered. Yes. And that means it was like, I thought they were going to say something like maybe it was the Rebbies and like maybe it was to avoid people or something right. for safety. You, maybe it was a legitimate safe tunnel right. that was used for passage of, you know, VIPs perhaps. Right, right. Which Not we're the actually going to get into. Which is what they found in Gaza, and actual that's exactly what they found in Gaza, but we'll get to that a little bit later. But before we do, speaking about Israel, uh, I wanted to bring on this uh, I wanted to bring on this gentleman with an amazing cause. Uh, his name is Shmuel Sackett, and he has a really, really great cause, and it's actually a great opportunity for our listeners. Uh, here he is. Shmuel Sackett, welcome to the podcast. First of all, thank you very much. I should talk to you guys and uh, to all your listeners. And uh, just the fact that you want to help Eretz Yisrael in this 
challenging in these challenging times is something very very uh, important and yeshikok to, to each and every one of you uh, basically what we do is the Amishel Chai Foundation I began it in 2001 to this day to this day we have no paid employees we have no rent we have no administrative costs no cars and no telephones the money raised goes towards incredible projects right now in Israel Wow. We are helping farmers around the Gaza area rebuild, rebuilding farms that have been destroyed since October 7th. We are helping lone soldiers who are fighting a battle wall 6,000 miles away from home. We are helping what's called the Kitot Konanut, the civilian security teams. Each community now needs their own security team. If you follow the events of October 7th, what saved hundreds, maybe thousands of lives, until the army and police arrived, were these local security teams. And we are getting them a tremendous amount of equipment that they need, life-saving equipment. We're also the biggest sponsor of the Israel Dog Unit, which does search and rescue. To this day, believe it or not, we are almost three months after October 7th, and they're still searching for missing people from the festival and from various communities, Be'iri and Kfar Aza and all those places. Unfortunately, we know what happened there. So we support these causes to build, to fight, to settle the land. And uh, I'm happy you're giving me the opportunity to spread this positive message. So not only is it uh, supporting Israel, but it also there's something in it for us. That's right. It's a real win-win situation. It's called thedreamraffle.com. Don't forget the word the. It's a small word, but a very important one, thedreamraffle.com. And you'll see everything that I just said of what is exactly is being done. And your donation can help you win, listen to this, a million-dollar apartment in a luxury building in Yerushalayim. This is yours forever. It can be passed wow. on to you know generation after generation. It'll be registered in your name in the Israel Land Registry what's called the Taboo Israel Land Registry, it's yours forever. And right now, because of this wonderful Kiddush Club podcast, if you purchase tickets, we'll give you two for one. Buy one, get two, buy five, get ten, and so on. We're also having a bonus raffle. And that is where every raffle ticket gets in, uh, automatically entered into a second free raffle where you could win, in addition to the apartment, $10,000 cash. And write in the coupon code KC, as in Kiddish Club, KC, and take an additional $10 off. That'll come automatically. So two for one, bonus raffle, KC, coupon code gets you $10 off, and you could win a million-dollar apartment in the heart of the golden city, Yerushalayim, Yer HaKodesh. By the way, if one of, if one of our winners wins... We're definitely having a kiddish in that apartment. No question. As a matter of fact, I will sponsor that kiddish. <laughs> All right, I will sponsor that kiddish. Now, okay, you heard it. You can't can't take it back now. Way too late for I, that. I tell you though, it's, it's amazing. From this apartment, you could see Harabayat or Har Harabayat. Really? Wow. Yeah, really. You could see. You will see the third and final Beit Hamikdash from your window of this apartment. You see Lahavdal, the Knesset, Malcha Stadium, you're five minutes away from Kever Rachel. You see half of Yerushalayim. It's an incredible view, a luxury building with a gym and all types of Shabbos elevators. 
fantastic place, really a great location. And again, thedreamraffle.com, two for one, bonus raffle, KC code, which is $10 off. And look, all said and done, somebody will win. This is our sixth year, by the way. This is the sixth year of doing this raffle. One year, there's always a winner, no question about it. But even if you don't, if we don't pull your name out of the hat, you really do win because, as I mentioned, the money is going to incredible causes. I just got a call two hours ago from a woman who has a farm in a place called B'nai Nitzarim, her and her husband. Two missiles fell in their hothouses. They grow cherry tomatoes, an Israeli invention, by the way, and pilpelim, peppers. And they're just, they don't know what to do. And they're trying to rebuild. And guess who's helping them? The funds from the Dream Raffle. So this is an amazing thing, thedreamraffle.com. Unbelievable. And by the way, you can you can you can enter this raffle even if you live in Israel, because who doesn't want a home just for a kiddish? That's true. And I'll tell you something else. <laughs> Let's say you have so many homes you don't need another one. There's a cash alternative. You can cash out. Uh-huh. You can do what's called cash is good. Take the money and run. You could do that too. So, uh, and in the past five years, two guys took to the apartment and three, uh, previous apartments, and three guys took the money. Your decision, 100%. So, I guess you got to tell me who the neighbors are, and then I'll make the decision. <laughs> uh, mostly nice people, you know, half of them, half of them. You should know, so we get questions all the time from people. One guy sent a question, said, how far is the mikvah? from the apartment and my answer was i have no idea no idea you know but uh it's there i mean you're in your shalom how far from a mikvah can you be could you possibly be right it's like we're saying where's where's the closest place to daven i mean you'll find it don't worry that's not a problem (laughs) it's 20 feet (laughs) come on stop it already you know (laughs) so you heard it here first this is amazing you know what we're gonna tell our listeners it'd be amazing to win the apartment of your dream. Who doesn't want an apartment in Eretz Yisrael overlooking Harabais? I mean, that's insane. But you know what? Everyone's been asking us how to help. This is how you help. Forget the winning. The winning is just the icing on the cake. The helping is really why we do it, because this is what we do as Yidin. We help our brothers and sisters, especially the ones in Eretz Yisrael. You know, I'll tell you something that people don't realize. We, we know how, they, how the enemy entered Israel on October 7th, and there was this big wall and they, they went through it anyway and people don't realize how across israel these problems could happen at any moment for example i'm sure you've heard of psagot winery okay Psagot sure. wine, award-winning wines it's available for sale at the local uh, <laughs> liquor store near you any case uh do you know the distance between the first house in psagot and the last house in ramallah the distance between those two houses, it's 70 meters, which is wow, which is less than a football field. Okay, less wow, than, that is the di- distance between the house in Ramallah and the house in Psagot. What is the that's not where the apartment is, oh, right? Not- <laughs> Let's just clarify something. <laughs> a good one. That, that's where the people go lose. Uh, no. <laughs> good question. And uh, no, but you should know that what defends Psagot besides Hinei lo yanum yishan shomer Yisrael, we know that, okay, but B'derach is the Kitat Konenut. 
the volunteer security team. Who is providing the equipment to the volunteer security team? Funds from the dreamraffle.com. So there it Amazing. is. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. Super, it's super important. It's not a joke. Super important. Super important. The, the two for one and the bonus and the KC, $10 off. All great. But really, Bezrat Hashem, it's like you said, and I appreciate the opportunity to spread this positive message to, to your listening audience. It's a great opportunity to win and, and to contribute to things that really, to projects that really need the help. And what a great course it would be for wonderful when we ask the guy, hey, where'd you buy a ticket? Are you kidding me? I heard it on the Kiddish Club podcast. Oh, <laughs> that would be great. Goes another thousand be great. for the kiddish that I just opened my mouth. Okay. <laughs> you know it. Pleasure. A thousand shekel. We're talking McAllen twenty-five. It's going to be more than a thousand shekel. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. <laughs> now you got us. Ravisai, make sure to join thedreamraffle.com and don't forget to use the coupon code KC so that you get an extra $10 off. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. I think I'm actually going to buy a ticket. And me too. You never, you never hear me say that, though. <laughs> You're the Do cheapest I? guy I know. <laughs> no, it's not about cheap. It's just like organizations to me are just organizations. But like, there's no payroll here. You're giving yeah. money straight to supporting Israel. How do you not get behind that? A hundred percent. And then, bro, if we win, oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> but are we like ineligible? Like, because no. we no. What do you mean? Unless you're picking the ticket, you're you. Sh it's fair game. I don't know because we're like insiders now because they're. I mean, they're sponsors of the show, and so like, does that make us, you know, ineligible? That would be, I think that would be a real, you know, letdown. Uh, there's very little oversight, I think, when it comes to insider raffle buying. <laughs> so, 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 so I don't have I too much to worry about. Okay, good. Right? I, I think we're good. <laughs> now, speaking of Israel, uh, I know you saw this video with Rabbi YY. Of course. The video seen around the world. <laughs> so he, he, when you first see it, right it rings so true it resonates yes um but i before we even talk about it play the video here it is Turk Kartar just paid agents by iran that's it they, iran pays them off they pay tuition from iran that's it's fine it works for them don't take them so seriously they're iran agents i don't think they're jews i doubt they're really jewish Kalacha. i doubt they're jewish i'll be very surprised that they're jewish I can't say for sure, I can't open a chumash and tell you that they're not Jewish, but I'll be surprised. Something is, is off over there. And uh, it's just something is off. It's like somebody marching with Hitler. It's just, something is off. It's not, it's not, something is very off. And then there's also Jews that don't look like Neturei Karta, but they speak the same way. And there's something very, very off with them also. Either they're very sick or they're still traumatized from the Holocaust. They think maybe we deserve it. I don't know. They're very sick. There's some Jews who are very, very sick. Very sick people. Very sick. You have to have compassion for them, but not tolerate their views because they're, they're lethal. They're poison. It's Bikuach Nefesh. So at first, like, I really feel connected to this. Like, if you tell me that NK is not even Jewish, like, makes perfect sense to me. I love it. And you know what? All is right in my mind. But then Jake Turks took to Twitter and he says, not so. You can't yes. just 
you can't just disqualify people just because you don't like the, their views. And it's really a post about Avis Yisrael, about loving each and every Jew, no matter what their affiliation. Yes, but as much as I love Jake, and you know I love Jake, we had a shout out to him last episode, I, I kind of have to disagree with him here. The, you know, the, the halacha has within it, within its framework, Jews that are that basically leave the fold. Like, let's say a miser, a real miser, right? You, that guy, that guy's drowning. You can't save him, right? So there is, there's two separate things. There's obviously Yisrael, you know, loving your fellow Jew, um, supporting your fellow Jew, etc. But then there's, you know, there is a category of people who kind of lose their rights, and I would err on the side of these people lost their rights. You know, when you're meeting with a, a genocidal regime in Iran, let's say, that is actively, you know, killing Jews and supporting the killing of Jews, and you're propping them up, I mean, you're Raidef, you're, you're a killer yourself, you are contributing to it. In my opinion, you're out, you just, you left the fold. So you say that they have no rights, and they are not at all even part of the Jewish people. Yeah, I say you're a Raidef, or you're, you know, you're like a Raidef, you're a Miser, you're one of those categories of people that you lose everything, you're out. With all due respect to Jake, Jake Turks, I'm all for Avis Israel, but not 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 these guys. So there's a, there's like a big debate. Are you supposed to like pray for them to 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 do tshuva, or are you supposed to pray for them to be obliterated? But but look, why don't we say that about a, a miser? Why don't we say that about uh, someone who's someone who's an idol worshiper? Right? We we all I'm saying is I'm all for Avis Israel, but you you can disqualify yourself. You could do something that's so bad. At a time that it's so inappropriate that you lose you lose all credibility and you lose your membership card, and I said they <laughs> they've lost their membership card, membership okay. card revoked. Oh, okay, I think I'm, I think I, I agree with you. You're making a good case. Thank you, thank you. Okay, but uh, I guess we should dive right into what's going on in Israel. I mean, there's so much going on. We just mentioned Iran, and you know that um, of course you know that Israel now took out General Razi Musavi in Damascus, Syria. Yeah, a lot of ruffled feathers on this one. Oh boy, a lot. Iran is saying that uh, Israel, they basically threatened them with a response. They're going to uh, do uh, some, Israel should be prepared for an appropriate response, which is pretty, uh, pretty scary talk. Never a good yeah. thing. And to add to it, Israel is fighting a war on seven fronts. Seven? Seven. How do you get seven? Let's discuss. You got Gaza. Okay. You have the West Bank. Okay. You have uh, Hezbollah. In the uh, north. In, in the north yep. Lebanon. Okay. You have Syria. Well, what's going on in Syria? Well, this is what this is where they killed him. They killed right, okay, this okay, Iranian fair. general okay, right, in true, Syria. True. Okay, good. Then you well, have the Houthis. Have I forgot about the Houthis. Right, That's number Yemen. five. You have Yemen. Okay. That's five. Then you have, obviously, Iran. Of course, right. And Iraq. Iraq? What's going on with Iraq? I mean, I'm not sure, but this is uh, what <laughs> I mean, Yoav Gallant, Yoav Gallant said this. Okay, so I can't... So I can't, like, we're not privy to every single... Wow. Iraq. I didn't want to have to worry about Iraq. Now, you throw an Iraq into the mix, too? Yeah. Uh, okay. All right, well, if he said it, it's got to be true. And, by the way, you reminded me of a... Uh, story that came out uh i think it was like last week it was on yeshiva world and it also about iran pretty pretty strange 
The headline is, Iran tried to sow conflict in Israel, including between secular Haredi sectors. The article talks about how Iran made up these fake social media accounts and got followings of like Rabbanim, like uh, former chief rabbi of Israel, Rabbi Amar. And they were putting posting face, fake things on these fake social media accounts just to create conflict between the Haredim and the secular Israelis. And th- that was like bonkers to me. Well, also, like, I don't know if I would believe it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if you showed me uh, Reb Chaim Kanievsky's Twitter account, I'd be like, no, <laughs> fake. <laughs> and like, like I'm th- the, the truth, the article didn't, didn't show the accounts because I do want to see what they were posting. Like, what is an Iranian impersonating Rabbi Amar posting on Twitter? I am going to write that we don't hold up the Eruv. i mean it's things it's going to be things like that if you ask me all they need to do is just not hold of a certain mikvah and that creates its own divisiveness right (laughs) that could that could launch a whole problem exactly it's 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 pretty nuts it's pretty nuts listen you got to give them credit you got to give the iranians credit right they're doing they're doing the due diligence Um, in less funny news, there was a blast in India next to the Israeli embassy. And as of right now, they're investigating. Uh, they don't know who the intended target, if the intended target was Israel or something, but uh, something to keep your eye on. It just highlights the fact that there's so much danger across the world from what's going on from all these anti-Semites. Not a time to travel, even though it is a busy travel time. Very busy travel time. But yeah, I'm with you. And uh, also in the news... There was a ceasefire proposal being floated by Egypt, who was working with Qatar, and uh, part of it included Hamas basically giving up power in the Gaza Strip, and Hamas has officially rejected it. That's surprising to me, because it would give them immunity. Yeah, but immunity, but then they lose all their power. Yes, but listen, a guy like Sinwar, he doesn't have much hope to live. All those top generals in Hamas, they know that their days are numbered. Here's your chance. You can get out, go to Qatar, and, and, and live. Take your Just billions live. of dollars. Exactly. Right? You're going to have a book deal waiting for you, movie rights, whatever. Just get out. Give it all up. Save your own life and go. And they rejected that. Well, you have to remember that the ones who are rejecting it are the ones in Qatar. <laughs> the ones who are in the Four Seasons Hotel, they're like, nah, we'll just continue the fight. Right, what? I guess that's a good point. Yeah, like, why should they take it? <laughs> Sinwar was not consulted. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, I am very upset. <laughs> for you, you take the deal, but for me, this is not right. Yeah, they don't care. They're, they're living it up in Qatar with their billions of dollars, and they let everybody else, you know, go and fight. And uh, Israel actually uncovered a massive underground system that led from, like, these big shots in Hamas from underground tunnels that went from place to place that allowed a lot of these big shots to move around undetected. So, like, the big shots are the ones, you know, they're not the ones who are blowing themselves up. They're not the ones who are fighting. They're the ones calling the shots, but they're not actually the ones who are fighting. They're safe in their four seasons while everybody else does it. It's surprising to me that they continue to uncover these large tunnel complexes. It's crazy. 
Yeah, it's like, but you had to know that this was happening. You had to know that they were they were they were making this underground infrastructure, but I don't think anybody anticipated to find what the they extent. found. Right, yeah. right. I mean, they had sixteen years. I don't think anyone anticipated. They basically that's all they did. They didn't do anything else except McDonald's. Like right now, they should like Elon Musk should like bring these guys in to work for him for the boring company. These guys, <laughs> no, no joke. These guys are super experts at tunnels. It's it's crazy, and you know what you know what else is mind boggling. I mean, we talk about this every time, but it, it just keeps getting more and more crazy. Is that you see all this stuff coming out, right? You see new new pictures and videos of the tunnels and the the different things they were doing. They found, uh, I'm sure you saw, they found uh, one of the cars of one of the hostages who was killed. They found it at one of the hospitals. The IDF showed the car at the hospitals. And the world sees this, and they still will say that you know, you know, they'll still bash Israel. I mean, there was an article on Politico that the United States is collecting intelligence on how Israel's conducting the war. In other words, to potentially come later and say, "Well, Israel, you were being too harsh in your response, and uh, therefore we're not going to support you." I mean, this is—I mean, this is crazy stuff. It is crazy because it's so glaring. The hypocrisy is so glaring and it's just it, it seems like there's definitely no shortage of anti-semitism out there 100 percent. unfortunately israel also said that they found five hostages dead in one of the tunnels they're looking into what the circumstances were but unfortunately five more hostages have been found in the tunnels uh unfortunately uh no longer alive not something you want to hear but on a positive note on a positive note, it's not all anti-Semitism. I'm sure you saw this is, I mean, this is already a, a week or over a week old. Uh, I'm sure you saw the video of Alec Baldwin at the pro-Hamas rally in New York City. Oh, yeah, he got heated. Oh, he got heated. He, he, here it is. Let me play it for you. Guys and children, you already got your mind made up. You already have a question. Is that right? Oh, I asked you a question. I'm, I'm in Hollywood. Is that your answer? Is that your answer? You ask stupid questions. Uh, ask you me a stupid question. Ask me a stupid question. Can you condemn Israel? Can you condemn Israel? You can condemn Israel. It's pretty amazing. Make sure you join our WhatsApp group so that you can see the video. I mean, he really gets angry there. And I, I, if listen, I did not expect to see. I didn't have Alec Baldwin being a pro semite, pro semite on my uh, 2023 bingo card. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed him either. But but even more than that, forget that one. I'm sure you saw the Kanye West Instagram post. I sure did. He posted he, well, it in he, Hebrew. Yeah, which was like that doesn't help your cause. I think it helps the cause. I mean, it, somewhat. I mean, look, we all know he doesn't speak Hebrew. Right. So so to just go into Google Translate and translate an apology and then post it to Instagram, like actions, actions. Like, look what happened with uh, with Elon Musk, right? right. He was accused of, of being an anti-Semite or whatever, retweeting or, or, or quoting anti-Semitic comments. Okay, he got up and he went to Israel. And he showed uh, that actions speak louder than words. Kanye West, right? You are 
I don't know where he rates on your anti-Semite spectrum before this. Before right? this, he was up there. He was he was uh, he was up there. He was at least an eight, at least. Right. I mean, someone who's constantly quoting Hitler, you got to be up there. Yeah, and, and he's an calling for nine. violence. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's maybe, calling yeah, he's for a violence. Nine. He's, he's even a nine, maybe. Right. So if you're a nine on the Kiddish Club anti-Semite spectrum, you, you need to do actions. An apology on Instagram is not going to cut it. If he would have boarded a plane and and uh, gotten a tour of Kfar Aza, maybe, maybe we can start to think about excusing him or rehabilitation or whatever we would be perhaps open to accepting him but right now just if you you know post a hebrew post on instagram it's not gonna but i don't look i don't think he's looking for approval i don't think he's doing this with an ulterior motive i think he's just crazy i think it was probably you know it was probably 3 a.m and he had some you know he came off of some high that he was on and he decided to write it you know i'm going to read a little bit about what he wrote i'm going to read a, a english translation uh, and it says, I sincerely apologize to the Jewish community for any unintended outburst caused by my words or actions. It was not my intention to hurt or demean, and I deeply regret any pain I may have caused. I am committed to starting with myself and learning from this experience to ensure greater sensitivity and understanding in the future. Your forgiveness is important to me, and I am committed to making amends and promoting unity. So, like, you're right on the one hand, but on the other hand, he doesn't, as a guy who doesn't care about anything and does whatever he wants, whatever he feels, for him to actually do this out of the blue, it's kind of weird. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll take him down one. Can we take him down one? He'll go from an eight to a seven. Yeah, I'm okay. As long as he's on the anti-Semite spectrum. He's staying on the spectrum. Yeah. And we started talking about this before, but I want to bring it up. Uh, a report from Fox News, Jewish people inside of TikTok are confirming that there's definitely a systemic problem of anti-Semitism and anti-Israel inside of TikTok. A lot of people have been saying this for a long time, uh, but now we know for a fact, and they included, they showed Fox News screenshots from their internal, you know, they have like a Slack channel internal, uh, I forgot, it wasn't called Slack, it was called something else, but they were showing how uh, the way people were talking, the things that people were saying, and they don't care, The you know, the, the higher-ups don't care. They also were not allowing... Uh, charities that were raising money for Israelis to advertise on TikTok, but they were allowing uh, Palestinian charities to to raise money on TikTok. And so TikTok, we've been saying this for a long time, but it's just more and more coming out about it. And you know who else called it out? Our favorite senator, number one on the pro-Semite list, John Fetterman. Did you hear that one? I didn't hear him. But uh, this is not a big surprise coming out of TikTok to tell me that their algorithm is anti-Israel. Shkoyach. Play the video. Here it is. In the Democratic Party, particularly among uh, young voters uh, when it comes to Israel's war against Hamas, 72% of young voters, according to this new poll, disapprove of how President Biden is handling the Israel-Hamas war. You've been very vocal in your full support for Israel. I see the Israeli flag behind you in your office there. You've been very clearly arguing that Hamas bears responsibility for the tragedy of what's going on in Gaza. Why do you think so many younger people, especially in your party, see it differently? I, I, really, I, really, don't, I really don't know. Uh, I, I do know that a lot of people are getting their perspective from TikTok. And I think if you're kind of getting your perspective on the world on TikTok, it's going to tend to be kind of warped or not reflective of the, the history and, and actually the way things absolutely are. And what is very clear is, is that Hamas 
started this, and they actually broke the, the ceasefire, and they attacked uh, and murdered uh, babies, children, women, uh, attacked a, a music uh, a concert and everything. It's, it's, it's outrageous. And from, from now on, um, it's been very clear that, that Israel would very much want there to be peace. But they've made it very clear that after October 7th, that that's just not possible so long as Hamas is allowed to uh, exist. I think Fetterman is right, by the way. If you get your world perspective from TikTok, well, besides for the fact that you have much bigger problems to contend with if your news comes from TikTok, but yeah, you're going to have an anti-Israel view because that's the algorithm. That's the uh, algorithm speaking to you. A hundred percent. And it's not just if you get your news from TikTok. If you get your news from the New York Times, you're going to have an anti-Israel view. Well, to yeah, that's that's also true. Right? I mean, uh, this Yeshiva World reporting multiple stories. So first of all, Yeshiva, Yeshiva World reporting in uh, uh, on the New York Times in the print edition. Wait a second. The Yeshiva World has a print edition? <laughs> no, 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 no. They're reporting on the print edition of the New York Times. Oh, okay. That doesn't even make my radar, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> so the, in the print edition, they had this headline and it said, Gaza deaths surpass any Arab war losses in 40 years. So the headline says, you know, what Israel did, it surpassed any Arab war losses in 40 years. Now, that's clearly not true, right? There was well, a half a million people who died in Syria alone. Preposterous. I and mean, the, the entire thing makes no sense. I mean, even according to the Ham uh, the Gaza Ministry of Health, which is run by Hamas, <laughs> right? Even according to them, it pales in comparison to what took place in Syria. Right, right. It's so ridiculous. And then, so the online version corrected it to uh, surpass any Arab war losses, war losses in wars with Israel. That's what that's what it was supposed to say. But they right. went with this headline, which is which is preposterous, as you say. And even worse, in an op-ed on Sunday. They had a guest writer, and it was the mayor of Gaza City, who is a member of Hamas. So, <laughs> so now it's just clear propaganda at this yeah. point. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they try to make like, oh, we, we present all sides. Did you did you have the, uh, the head of ISIS writing op-eds also to tell you how bad the situation is? <laughs> no, no, but I would have read that. New York Times. <laughs> I did read it. And it was it was pure propaganda. Pure propaganda. Anyway, let's move on. I think that's enough with this depressing talk. Let's talk a little bit about California, can we? Please. I mean, you, you want to get out of the depressing talk. I'm not sure California is the place to start, but give it a shot. <laughs> well, it is when we're about to make fun of them. Go ahead. So California has now the uh, California water agencies have approved a program that turns wastewater into drinking water since they've had so many droughts. They, they call this toilet to tap <laughs> i'm not kidding it's not a joke this is real this is real life i, I mean the marketing needs work you know what i'm saying i'm not an expert by any means but even i can tell you that that is not going to go over very well uh, listen any of our listeners from california could you could you send us some voice notes are you guys going to keep drinking tap water at this point i mean we should ask danny lobel yes we should Right? He's a big proponent of California, loves the state, thinks it's beautiful, which it probably is. I haven't had enough exposure, but are you drinking toilet to tap is the question. <laughs> when, I, when I saw that, they, that it's called that, I was like, you know, at that point, all bets are off. 
You see, here's the thing. All recycled material is, it's been once used. It doesn't, it's not appetizing. It's not, it, nobody wants to, if you think about it, you don't yeah. want to use somebody's reused Anything, item. Right? right. Well, I think we mentioned this a very long time ago. Starbucks coffee cup is made with 70% right. recycled material. Right. Somebody blew their nose in your coffee cup at one point. <laughs> Right? There's a comedian who said something like, for some reason, when we go to hotels, we feel like this, but then when we go to hotels, all bets are off. He said, if somebody, you know, if, if a stranger used a towel in your house, you'd say like, oh, burn it. <laughs> you know, you said, but, but <laughs> you go to a hotel and you're like, oh, this robe is so comfortable. It could have been used by that guy that makes his meals in the hotel bathrooms. Oh, right. <laughs> what did we cover him on the last episode, right? I or think two episodes so. episodes ago. Go back and listen to it. In all seriousness, uh, they, they, someone representing the water board explained that they use multiple levels of filtration and the water is going to be absolutely clean. Um, she said it was going to be basically like almost the quality of like a distilled water. I'm, I mean, look, I'm sure it really makes sense to them on paper, but I, w <laughs> I would gag drinking it. I'm sorry. Yeah. The, the minute I read toilet to tap, you know what I mean? Yeah, we're like, done. Buy Poland Springs stock right now. Like, no, here's the thing. I feel like they're trying to imitate, like, farm to table, yes. right? <laughs> right? Everybody wants farm to table, right? I don't want, I want as I want as few hands as possible touching my corn on the cob. Farm to table. Toilet to tap, though, doesn't have the same. The same ring. <laughs> yeah, doesn't really have the same allure as farm to table. Agreed. Agreed. If anyone could get their hands on some of this tap water, I would love to examine it. <laughs> we'll do a live taste test. Oh, you could do a live taste test. I'll do a smell test. That's horrible. Yeah, oh, I'll, I'll smell it, but that's as far as I'm going. There's no way I'm putting toilet to tap in my body. Okay, also in U.S. news, uh, a young six-year-old boy was flying from Philadelphia to meet his grandmother in Fort Myers, and he was accidentally put on a plane going to Orlando instead. And this was by none other than Spirit Airlines. You know what? If you're Spirit, can't you double check? Do you really, do you need more items to be in the news? Come on, Spirit, do better. <laughs> do better. So many people sent us this story. Um, and it's, it's, I could see how the mistake can be made, right? Can you though? Can you? Yeah. He's a six-year-old boy. Come so, on. So you don't know, like sometimes the parent is in proximity and sometimes not, like in this case, right? But I don't, like, I don't know if they're 100% to blame. What I don't understand, what I would never do is send a six-year-old on a flight by himself. That's a valid point. I wasn't really thinking of it that way. I yeah, was, I'm just saying, I was like, so steeped in my anti-spirit <laughs> mentality. Yeah, who but sends right. a six-year-old child onto a plane? Right? Oh, we'll pick you up in uh, in Fort Myers. See you there. <laughs> valid, like, what? Valid point. Valid point. But but what do you, I guess what are you supposed to do? Maybe they couldn't afford to fly. They wanted him to go, he wanted to go see his grandmother and they couldn't afford to take the whole family. Why? I mean, I, mean, look, I wouldn't you, do it personally. You, I agree. Yeah, you got to figure something out. Right? That's why yeah. they have Zoom. Valid point. Okay, moving outside the United States. So there's a village in India called Madhya Pradesh, okay? Now, for a millennia, these people have been worshipping, I mean, it's a Vaidazar of the week, um, they've been worshipping these stones. I don't know how, I don't know why, they, they call it 
Kakar Bairav, or the Lord of the Land. Turns out these are fossilized dinosaur eggs. There's so much to unpack here. I mean, Avoidazara, <laughs> it's a stone. The name is Kaka. I, I don't know what to do with this. Kakar. It's Balpur. It's Balpur. <laughs> but they're dinosaur eggs. What are the odds of that? Wait a minute. So they didn't know that it was... No, it was only recently when a bunch of scientists came and investigated them, and then they found out that they were fossilized dinosaur eggs. Well, I mean, I think this would be a plus for them. What right? do you mean? Meaning they're not they're they're serving a deity that they believe has power. I don't think that they think that these stones like created existence, but like perhaps they're in charge of something. Okay. And so now they're so going to be happy when they find out it's a dinosaur egg? Yeah, what are you talking about? That's the most powerful animal. Now we serve with even greater respect, right? <laughs> it's very powerful. Big power. <laughs> I guess if you think about it, it's, like, I mean, it's a valid point. I mean, if you're, yeah. if you're worshiping a cow, this is a lot. Exactly. Yeah. This is a big upgrade. Yeah, that's that's pretty it's a, it's a good point. That's a good point. Okay, let's move on to Venezuela. So the United States did a prisoner swap, a prisoner exchange with Venezuela. And uh, we got a bunch of people back. We let go some people and we got a bunch of people back. It included several Americans who were wrongfully detained and four who were not wrongfully detained. So there were 10 people total. Among the people who weren't wrongfully detained that got released was Malaysian businessman Leonard, Leonard Francis, also known as Fat Leonard. Wait a second. So Argentina, or no, Venezuela. Venezuela, mm -hmm. Venezuela was holding Fat Leonard? Yes. <laughs> I'm saying, were the charges legit or... That's a great question. And also, I, I, I why think the charges are we... were legit. Yeah, because they're saying that they, you right. know they were he wasn't being wrongfully detained. Right. So, but why is the United States getting Fat Leonard out? Like we don't own Fat Leonard. He, he's coming to serve. He's going to come straight back to the United States and then serve in a federal prison. So, like, yeah, why was he? You know, like I don't get it. What were what were these negotiations where they were like the you know. We'll give you whatever you want, but we must get back Fat, Fat Leonard. Leonard. <laughs> How did that go down? We want him here in our prisons. <laughs> and the Venezuelans were like, You can have Gordo Leonardo. <laughs> That's probably what they called him. Yeah, for right? sure. We cannot keep him uh, full. <laughs> he is always hungry. Well, the important thing is that we got Fat Leonard back now, so everything's yeah, okay I in the world. <laughs> Sadik Bola ear. <laughs> and um, in China, I know you saw this clip, and we're going to include this clip, of course, in the WhatsApp. Uh, a Chinese surgeon got in trouble for punching an 82 year old patient. Let's play the clip and then we will talk about it. Here it is. Well, reports say this patient had surgical intolerance due to local anesthesia given to her during surgery. So much so that she moved her head and eyeballs multiple times during surgery. Since she spoke Mandarin, she couldn't respond to the doctor's warning. So, reports say the doctor had to resort to treating her roughly in an emergency situation. She carried bruises on her forehead thereafter. The hospital's management had to apologize to the patient and also pay around 500 yuan or $70 to the patient's son. The son claims his mother is now blind in her left eye. 
but we cannot confirm if this happened before or after the incident. But the hospital chain has now confirmed that the surgeon has been fired over serious violations of the group's regulations. What's even more shocking is that the punching incident took place back in 2019, but it has become viral since one prominent Chinese doctor shared the visuals of the surgery on social media. The same Chinese doctor, Dr. Ai Fen, who was part of the team that alerted the world about the Wuhan virus. She has more than 2 million followers on Weibo. I don't even know what news outlet this is from. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm thoroughly entertained if it is entertainment. Yes. yes, there's so much to unpack here, no? Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, let's start with the, the anesthesia didn't work on her. Yeah, poor woman. So here's a patient that is awake. Yeah, and, and, right? and scariest surgery ever on the eye, right? right. So you, you have to see what's going on. Scariest thing ever. Unless she was like trash talking the surgeon, right? <laughs> like, is that all you got? You call this a surgery? <laughs> boom, boom, boom. I <laughs> think really this hits her. The surgeon was trying to knock her out. Like, okay, like there's more than one way, one way to skin a cat. <laughs> And they said that she had bruises, like she really hit her heart. It doesn't, honestly, it didn't look like it was that hard, but she did have bruising from the punches. Can we, can we talk about the fine, though? Yeah, that that was pretty crazy also, right? $70? Five, 500 yuan equals, according to him, 70 bucks. You should Google <laughs> that right now, please. That's that. Talk about adding insult to injury. Could you imagine after all that? Now, the video went viral in China. So everyone in China is seeing it. Lo and behold, $69.99. Yes. <laughs> 500 yuan. <laughs> That's a funny price point. That's crazy. But like, could you imagine the embarrassment? You know, like the, the whole billions of Chinese people now see this video. And now the son of this elderly woman who got beat up gets 70 bucks for it. Yeah, that, you can't you can't even buy a first aid kit for seventy bucks. That's ridiculous. Like he can't even care for his el elderly mother. Right, it's ridiculous. What's even crazier is that this happened in twenty twenty one, and now it's coming to the fore because of a doctor named I Fen. <laughs> yeah, isn't that a little bizarre? <laughs> doctor I is the one. Blowing the whistle here. <laughs> right, uncovered all this. And you, can't, you just can't make this up. <laughs> and in fact, sometimes we do make up the news, and that's a segment that we call Right or Narish Kite. We haven't done that in a while. I think it might be time. Bring it back next episode. You got it. We will. And we want all you guys to stay tuned. Make sure to check out our sponsor, thedreamraffle.com. This is your chance to win an apartment, your dream apartment in the Holy Land, in Israel. Check them out, thedreamraffle.com. Make sure to use coupon code KC to get an additional $10 off. It's also going to be in the show notes. And thank you guys for listening. Of course, many thanks to Shmuel Sackett and the Dream Raffle. All of the links are in the show notes. Make sure you follow us on WhatsApp. You can follow us also on Instagram and on Twitter. And if you enjoyed the episode, leave us a five-star review on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and Kiddish Club out. This episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.